Welcome to Crossroad Church's Sermon of the Week podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Bob Ellis. Today I'll be reading out of Matthew chapter 28. The, these are Jesus' final words to his disciple, disciples before he ascended into heaven. And the scripture says that Jesus came and he told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to do all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. As I was a kid, when I was a kid, I, I had my share of bumps and bruises and poison ivy and and, and, and bouts of, of sicknesses and the flu and, and, and just a common bad day. I don't remember any necessarily little tricks or, or, or medicines necessarily that stood out. I do remember poison ivy was a pretty uh, horrible, uncomfortable thing to go through as a kid. And my mom would pull out the calamine lotion. I'm not sure that it really helped. In fact, when it dried, it started itching. I thought it itched even more. Uh, but other than that, as a kid, what meant the most to me was just her being there. Just her presence helped me realize that I'm going to get through it, and I'm not going to have to go through it alone. The, the Bible says that the disciples had, had already experienced Jesus' crucifixion in a disbelieving, almost caught off guard kind of way. They never anticipated that he would have to go through that to get to what he had been promising them all along. But then after his resurrection, then after his appearance to the disciples, they started to understand that the kingdom of God and God's purposes and plans were different than, than they had originally thought. They started to find themselves getting closer and closer to being on the same page with what Jesus had been saying. But as they're, they're, they're excited about what's happening, then he prepares to leave them again. And this time he, he, he gives this great pronouncement. He, he talks about what's getting ready to happen and what their, their goals and what they have to do. But he says, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now, from verse 18 to 20, these are, these are some often used scriptures as it relates to the job of the church. We see that he says to the disciples, all authority have, have been given to me. In heaven and on earth, because of what he did on the cross, because he overcame death, hell and the grave, he was now given everything, everything that had been taken from the original sin, everything that had been taken when, when Satan deceived Adam and sin entered in through that one man was now redeemed. Christ even said himself, it is finished. Not just the last breath that he breathed on this planet, but it was finished, the work that he came to accomplish. And so it says he's been given all power and all authority. And so this pronouncement is pretty powerful in itself. And then he says, he says I've been given everything in heaven and on earth. So there's no place, no space where I don't have power over. Now, that should give us solace as Christians. That should remind us and give us hope and clarity that, that he is over all things and nothing can happen to you and nothing can happen to me if it weren't for God's approval. 
Now, we do know in the book of Job that God allowed some testing and trials of some difficult circumstances to come over the life of Job. But in the end, we see God was manifesting his power and his provision and how he overcame even in that circumstance, in those circumstances. So Jesus is now saying, I have power over everything. You don't have to worry. I've been given authority. And, and, and it's this reiteration of who's in charge. And it's important. The church needs to know that before he is to send into heaven. Then he also says, he says this, I want you to go and as you're going, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So from this pronouncement, we, we understand that he is powerful, all powerful. No place, no space where his power can't touch. Can't touch and, and can't not reach our lives. And, and then he says, now there's also purpose. You have a purpose now. Your purpose is to go and make disciples. And as you're going, you're to, make, you're, you're to baptize in them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Baptism is part of it. Teaching them everything that I have taught you. So the purpose of the believers has, has now been restated by Jesus before his ascension. He says, he says, and in this, the nations of the world will be reached, fulfilling the, the original promise that he had given to Abraham back thousands of years prior. So he says, I've been given all power, you've been given purpose, and I have big plans for the people of the world. And so this verse is used by mission agencies, by churches, and, and it's, a, it's, a, it's a purpose statement for the church. But there's this little phrase at the end of this that I find just as impacting or at least completes the picture. And, and what he says is this, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So he talks about, in this pronouncement, his power. He talks about his, the, uh, our purpose. He talks about the plans for the people and the nations of the world, but he also does not want them to, to, to forget that even though he's ascending, he's going to be with him. Though he's departing, though he's leaving, his presence will be with him. See, they had already experienced the, the traumatic departure of when he died. And now he's leaving them again, and there's these roller coaster of emotions that are happening. And, and Jesus says, but I want you to understand something. I'll never leave you. There will be this, uh, this unbroken continuity between you and me, between, between the church and God from now on. And, and, and he talks about this in the form of the presence. I am, I am will be with you. How very similar to what uh, when Moses asked God, who do I tell the people of Israel has sent me to rescue them from Pharaoh's hand? Tell them I am. That, that idea of I am and I am with you means that his presence, his being, he is with you and with me. There was a 17th century, the last part of the 1600s, a 17th century Catholic priest. And instead of rising to, to these great heights and sitting on a chair and, and, uh, and, and having other priests under him, he dedicated his life to understanding this one concept, the concept of practicing the presence of God. His name was Brother Lawrence. He spent looking for God in, in everyday circumstances, in just everyday situations of life. Every, when he would walk around, he would look and see where was God at work. And, and he would work in the kitchen. And so instead of being this, this great cardinal who would, who would maybe lead uh, regions or cities, he worked in the kitchen and he practiced 
the presence of God. And he dedicated his whole life to, to one group of um, one order of the Catholic Church. And every day he looked to see the presence of God. Jesus said to his disciples, I'm leaving you, but I'm never going to leave you. The profound statement here was, was probably more than they could understand because they had not yet experienced the Holy Spirit and that promise. But Jesus is trying to reassure them that not only would they be given power, that he has power, and, and that they're going to work out his purpose. And so, in other words, he's going to be authorizing that. And, and that the nations of the world would be part and included in this plan. But he was saying, I'm going to be with you. My presence is going to be with you. You will know that I am with you to the end. And to the end can be translated eternity or an unbroken continuity. And so, so Jesus says, and, and a lot of times we, we look at this, this verse as the sending commission of the church. This is the great commission. This is, this is the, this great pronouncement that we are to go out and do these things and God has given us authority. He has all authority and he's passed it down to his disciples. But, but we often forget the fact that he says, I'm going to be with you. And that's going to mean a lot to us when we go through all of these other things that we're going to go through. Because the Bible says you and I will face trials and tribulations of many kinds. And there were going to be times when, when you and I are going to wonder, where is God? Where is God when I'm hurting, when I'm struggling, when I'm searching for an answer? And it just seems delayed. We go back to this verse. Because this is the verse that will remind us that, that he's with us. And if he's with us, and if he overcame everything that he overcame on the cross then we too can be more than overcomers through Christ who strengthens us. See, the, the Bible says as it relates to his presence that in his presence there's joy. Psalm, the psalmist says it this way, You will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. So the psalmist summarized it in saying that, that, that the presence of God is not only now, but it's eternal. Now, if you and I are thinking, well, someday I'm going to see God. Someday it's going to be all right. No, Jesus said, every day is going to be all right because I'm going to be with you. And he says, every day you can experience joy. The psalmist says, you will show me the way of life, granting me joy. There are days that don't feel joyful. There are days when we feel defeated. There are days that we feel beaten up. But the Bible says, God will show you. Because he's present with you. He will show you that and he will grant you life and grant you joy in full measure. There's joy in the presence of God. Now, I do think there are things that we can do in our lives that can disrupt that, that can affect that, and that can break that fellowship. The, the Bible says in 1 John chapter 1, 3-4, to 4, it says, We proclaim to you what we ourselves have actually seen and heard, so that you may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that you may fully share our joy. He, he explains this, the, the joyful presence of being connected with Christ, who is connected with God, in the, and how we've been united as a fellowship. And, and maybe that's a word that we don't use as much anymore. It's definitely a church word. It's not a word that you, you hear out in the world. But this, this sharing of a common bond, 
And we know that 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 common bond is based on what Christ has done for us. That we have a peace that passes all understanding. That we have a connection that with God and the strength through what Christ has done for us, that he is lifting us up. Remember, he has all power, he has all authority, and we have a purpose. He is upholding us with his mighty right hand. And because of that, not only is he holding us up, He's holding our hand. Remember the story in the Bible where where Peter wants to walk on water because he sees Jesus walking on water and he says, Master, if it's you, tell me to come. And Jesus says, come. So he gets out of the boat and he starts walking on the water. And and that's kind of a cool cool little story until Peter starts seeing the waves and the the winds start to scare him. And and he turns and he looks in a different direction and he starts to sink because he took took his eyes off Jesus. There are going to be things in our lives that are going to distract us, that's going to, that's going to want to try to break that fellowship with Christ. But what he did in that story was he reached down and he grabbed Peter by the hand and he pulled him up. Oh, and yes, he used it as a, le- a lesson on faith. Why do you doubt? Well, we, we talked a little bit about doubt the previous week and unlocking the door of doubt. And how do we do that? One of the ways that we do it is to maintain a fellowship with God. Practicing the presence, being in his presence, seeking him, trying to understand what he's saying to us. The scripture says in in the book of James, later on in the New Testament, he says, So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts. For your loyalty is divided between God and the world. The the scripture says that if you and I want to practice the presence of God, we need to draw near to him. Well, how does that happen? Well, a part of that is running from sin, running and fleeing from the devil. When, when, When we're tempted to do things that in our heart we know are wrong, that we just know instinctively through the power of the Holy Spirit or maybe just through how we've been taught, we are, we know we should run from those things. The Bible says resist the devil and he will flee from you. Well, how does that happen? Well, it can only happen because of the power that all authority has been given to to Christ. And when he sees you resist, he comes alongside. Now, I don't know how that happens in the supernatural spiritual world. There are passages that talk about archangels and and, and how God will will send those to help us. And we don't see the spiritual battles because we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities and unseen places. These are battles in the spiritual realm that we don't always see, but we, what we are to do here is resist. Resist. And it says, and draw close to God. Come close to God. And if you've sinned, wash your hands. Cleanse your heart. Do what David said. He says, God, if there be any wicked way in me, reveal it to me. I want to confess it. I want to get it off my chest. I want to be right with you. The idea of practicing the presence of God is you've got to make a decision. Do I want to practice the presence of the things of the enemy? Or do I want to, want to practice being in the presence of God? Well, there's some things that can help you with that. Not only fellowship with God through, through Christ and through the power of the Holy Spirit, but fellowship with his church. The Bible says, do not forsake assembling one another together. In other words, our fellowship is not only with, with, with God through Christ, emboldened by the Holy Spirit, but our fellowship is also with other believers. And so we're called to be in that kind of fellowship, and that kind of fellowship helps us draw close to God. It helps us 
to, to strengthen the foundation of what we believe. We have other people to pour into our lives. The scripture says, purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. To practice the presence of God, we've got to find a way to separate from the things of the world. Our loyalties have to be reaffirmed. Today, if you, uh, if you find yourself just in this, this moment where you think, there's a lot of days, in fact, weeks, months, and, and to be honest, there have been even some years, and I just didn't sense his presence. Would, would, I, I just want to encourage you, would today be a day that you just, you just pray? You just try in your own way to draw close to God and say, God, I know I'm a sinner. And I know that I need you, but would you draw close to me? I'm trying in my way to draw close to you. Would you restore the fellowship? Would you pour into me the joy of my salvation? Would you give me your presence? Would you fulfill Matthew chapter 28 that you promised those disciples? Would you fulfill it in my life? And would I from this day forward to the end of my life turn a corner on my relationship and my experiencing of your presence in my life. Let's pray. God, I ask you that uh, you would help us to see you in everything. When we look around, we would see you at work. Would we be slow to get angry, slow to speak, slow to get frustrated, slow to be impatient, slow to think that things are not gonna turn out for good to them who are called according to your purpose, Lord, would you remind us that we are part of, we have a purpose and that you've called us to be, uh, to take this plan to the nations and that you've given us the authority, but you've also given us the peace with your presence to know that it's going to be all right when things don't feel all right. Today, God, we renew our commitment to getting closer to you and experiencing your presence. For we pray it in Jesus' name, amen. For information about this podcast and other ministries, visit crossroadstx.church.